Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again, our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. Uh, thank you for another fun-filled week of interacting with so many people. Uh, we try our best to get back to as many people as possible. Um, slowly making progress with Instagram, uh, trying to post things that we find are inspiring or enlightening. Uh, still trying to figure out how to post reels, not half a picture of the homepage of my telephone or my, my cell phone, but we're working on that. But um, this is a, a true privilege uh, to do this and, and to come into your lives and really appreciate the comments um, and that you guys, I think, over overarching comment is um, uh, that we're able to break uh difficult topics down into more tangible, meaningful things. Um, so, uh, again, thank you from myself and from Julie. Uh, so you can tell from my voice, Julie and I have been sick for the last few days. We finally got out of the antibiotic uh, the other day, so we're not contagious, but um, <clears throat> a little rundown so far. My voice, or if Julie pops on, her voice sounds a little different. It's... Uh, because we're just battling off some nasty bug that we got. Uh, so one of the topics that uh, I, I always circle back to and people find, uh, including myself, fascinating in an area that I really spend a lot of time immersed in is are the personality disorders. And I've covered, uh, done multiple episodes on borderline because that is one of the most misunderstood, uh, misdiagnosed, underdiagnosed, not diagnosed, um, improperly diagnosed, and really misunderstood uh, because of the very nature and how it's depicted in uh, television and media and just the term borderline in and of itself sometimes scares clinicians and prescribers running to the hills. And yes, uh, personality disorders are on a continuum as are many psychiatric conditions as symptoms ebb and flow in intensity, severity, duration, and frequency. Um, but that's, you know, again, one disorder that I, I constantly revisit and probably the one that I get the most phone calls about, text messages about, people come out from different parts of the globe for me to evaluate them, uh, think they, they might have personality, uh, borderline personality disorder or not. Uh, but today I'm going to focus on a different personality disorder, one that is not often talked about. And the reason I'm doing this is over the last couple of weeks, I've diagnosed this disorder um, several times. And it just kind of struck me, uh, like, why don't we revisit this? And as our podcast has grown in terms of size and popularity and followers, I have done uh, trying to do a better job of being more uh, prepared with my topics and my notes and um, the fluidity of the content. So we're going to talk about uh, avoidant personality disorder. Uh, and this is this is an interesting one because if you just take the basic concept of avoidance, why would we why would somebody avoid? We all tend to avoid things that could be anxiety provoking, 
could avoid things that could be potentially dangerous to us, like maybe avoid walking down a dark alley and not so great a neighborhood, maybe avoid eating a certain type of food because we know that that type of food makes us sick. So avoidance in many ways is kind of a uh, an adaptive survival mechanism. Uh, it gets to a level where it becomes pathological from a diagnostic standpoint. As, and again, the personality disorders, you really see the, the symptomatology manifest in relationships. So let's go through, I have the DSM with me. Let's go through the, uh, the different criteria for, for an, uh, avoiding personality disorder. Um, so overall, avoidant personality is really this pervasive pattern of, 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 of social inhibition, feelings of inadequacy, and hypersensitivity to negative evaluation. So constantly being on edge and constantly being hypervigilant, whether it's looking at people's facial expressions, intonation of their voice, misinterpreting social cues, always with looking for the lens to confirm that there is something defective or wrong about the individual. And this stems from early childhood. It could stem from early childhood messages of dad saying, you're no good, you're never going to mount anything, no one's ever going to want to date you, no one's ever going to want to marry you. I mean, pretty strong messages that are impacting the developing personality between five and eight years of age that if if gone unchecked or uncorrected, they become fused with the psyche and the, and the personological infrastructure of the individual. So the first criteria is the individual avoids occupational activities or activities in general that involve significant interpersonal contact because of a fear of criticism, disapproval, or rejection. There's there, so there's the avoidance of, 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 the, of the, the psychological uh, repercussions of their perceived performance, that I'm going to avoid doing certain things. I'm going to avoid taking that promotion. <coughs> I'm going to avoid asking that person out on the date because the 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 cost benefit analysis or the or the risk analysis uh, point way too heavily on the what if the negative outcome happens and that's way too much for my self esteem to absorb and deal with. Number two uh, is unwilling to get involved with people unless they're certain of being liked. Now this is this is a hard one because how do we know that we're going to be liked by anybody? Uh, so sometimes people will go to inordinate avoiding personality disorder. Will go to extreme and inordinate amount of effort to to modify themselves uh, to make sure they gain the approval. They may dress a certain way that they know that the person that their relationship with likes. They may act a certain way. They may, you know, read a book that they know the other person likes very much uh, because they, they want to make sure that there's, a, there's you know, they're really hedging their bets that um, I'm not going to be rejected by this person. Three, they show restraint in intimate relationships because of the fear of being shamed or ridiculed. So they can show a lot of restraint in showing affection. Maybe he doesn't think or she doesn't think I'm the best kisser. They may be inhibited sexually because maybe they think I'm not good in bed. Uh, they may be reluctant to engage in intellectual conversations for fear that their partner or their... their again, this could be a, relation, a, a romantic relationship, it could be a platonic relationship, but a fear that that they may be perceived as not being as educated or as well-versed or as smart. Um, uh, 
is in, uh, is inhibited in new interpersonal situations because of feelings of inadequacy. Kind of inadequacy. So same thing. This this per, this constant theme of of inadequacy. So there's there's you know it's almost like the devil on one side, the angel on the other, where the person wants to maybe say something, wants to maybe do something, but that the the the, the devil is and that show is saying don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You're not going to like the reaction you're going to get, and because the the self esteem is is so underdeveloped and so fragile they're not likely to ex- put themselves in directly competitive situations for fear of uh, of failure for fear of of failing to achieve their accomplishments and they often are underachievers in many areas and aspects of their lives uh they view themselves <coughs> as socially inept personally unappealing or inferior to others that's a pretty tough thing to walk around with on a daily basis to constantly feel inferior inept and and unappealing now you, you there is a high comorbidity not surprising with major depressive disorder or bipolar depression with um avoidant personality, even with dependent personality disorders. Um, we'll get into the whole concept of, yes, you can be diagnosed with more than one personality disorder. Um, because the truth, if, you know, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's generally a duck. Um, and the seventh criteria, they're usually reluctant to take personal risks or to engage in new activities because they may prove embarrassing. So they may want to take a rock climbing class. They may want to take uh, a guitar lesson. They may want to take uh, try you know speed dating or something like that. They may, may want to try some some new hobby. But but the, the anticipatory fear of being so inadequate and ridiculed is debilitating and people will often with avoidant personality will often stay in unhealthy and toxic relationships because uh who else is going to want me and it it, it's sad to watch but at the end of the day you put it back on them as saying you'll say well i can't leave it's like no you're choosing not to leave Yes, it may be difficult, but you still have a choice to, you know, do you want to endure this abuse and, 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 and ridicule and, and all, all sorts of things? Uh, but this is a disorder, again, that can be treated, that can be overcome, and that can be cured. But again, it starts from those early messages early on in childhood of, of, of inferiority, of whether that's from physical appearance, intellectual ability, cognitive ability, motivation, uh, just general persona in, in, in and of itself. And it's a very deflated, you know, kind of walking with their heads between their legs. And it's not because they don't know what they want. Uh, it there to some degree, it's believing I don't deserve that. I, I, I don't believe I deserve that. Uh, so they're not without a lack of saying, hey, oh, yeah, I would love it if this happened. But you know, who, who's, who's going to want me? <coughs> who's going to want to marry me? Who's going to want to take me on a date? Who's going to want to have a conversation with me at a coffee shop at Starbucks and talk about, you know, geopolitical, you know, things that are going on in the world? Um, so again, the, the, the essential feature of the avoidant personality is this pervasive pattern of social inhibition, inadequacy, hypersensitivity. Um, and it presents in a, in a, in a variety of contexts. Um, 
Individuals with this disorder, they, they avoid activities that involve uh, significant interpersonal contact because of the fears of criticism, disapproval, or, or rejection are so high. Not that they are actually being rejected or being criticized. They just have the fear that they are going to be. So, yes, sometimes it's based in reality that they may get, may get a negative review from their employer at their annual report. You know, that, 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 okay, that's based in reality. That can hurt and, 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 and you know, affect a lot of people's uh, sense of self. And, you know, because our, our, our work identity is very much tied into our sense of self. If you go back to the episode I did on, on the life tasks, um, these individuals, they, they, they usually avoid make, making new friends. Uh, unless they are certain they'll be liked and accepted without criticism. And again, and how how do you how do you know that? How, how do you guarantee that? And you know, because of being hyper vigilant, you know, they be, they may say something, or you know, I went to the mall, or I bought this dress, and say somebody in the conversation that they may not know really well that they're being introduced to, just happens to like you know. You know, move their eye in a certain direction because they're so hypersensitive, they can misperceive that as, oh my God, they're so bored. I have nothing worth saying. I'm just going to shut my mouth. That that that's how pervasive and how 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 deep the the this symptomatology can run with the avoidant personality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 like until they like pass like these stringent tests providing like to the contrary. Other people are soon to be critical and disapproving. So they automatically view people when they go in the world as they're going to be dismissive, they're going to be disapproving, and they there's some uh, obtuse and abstract test that neither they nor the other person knows what the rules are to pass that, but they believe that, that, that life is this constant game of having to constantly prove themselves. And uh, whatever they do, it seems enough is never good enough. Um, these individuals do not join a group or interpersonal intimacy is often difficult. Uh, although they're able to establish intimate relationships when there is assurance of, you know, Un- uncritical, un- uncritical acceptance. So, you know, strong relationships maybe with parental figures, strong relationships with maybe longtime best friends, strong relationships with uh, siblings, strong relationships with with you know extended family members, people that they have had a strong foundation growing up, and they feel that sense of security. But it's really the, in in the novel situations and encountering new people and new situations is where this paralyzing and debilitating fear comes in uh they they act with, with restraint uh they have difficulty talking about themselves and they withhold intimate feelings and and, and their fear uh of being exposed or ridiculed <coughs> is covered uh so they don't really give the whole picture of who they are and and you know not comparing to the borderline but very much like the borderline having to be a chameleon to constantly navigate uh, their sense of self in order to adapt what they believe other people that they're in contact or relationship with want from them. How exhausting is that? My God, it's exhausting. You know, I mean, saying no is 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 like taboo for somebody with a personality disorder. Uh, but again, everybody has a threshold, independent of the level of pathology. I've worked with people with with borderline. Uh, uh, 
extensively with avoidant personality and avoidant, you know, so similar with dependent, they do have a, a level where they, it's like, you know, enough is enough. Um, but they will lament to their friends and, and, and they'll seek validation from the people that they know approve of them. You know, I am a good mom. I am a good wife. I am a good husband. I am a good brother. I am a good teacher. I am a good student, whatever. They need that constant reaffirmation. Um, because of because these individuals are preoccupied with being criticized and rejected in social situations, they have a markedly low threshold for detecting such reactions. So if someone even gives like a slightly disapproving or, or critical stance or, or look, uh, they, they become extremely hurt. They don't just feel like, oh man, I, I screwed up. It's going to shut up. They, they really personalize this and, and, and take this on as like they, like they've, they've committed some atrocity. Um, when you're dealing with a very fragile sense of self, there's not a lot, not a lot of margin for error. So if you use this like of an eggshell, for example, not the eggshells from like walking on eggshells with borderline, but just an eggshell is a fragile thing. It can only withstand so much pressure before it cracks. And the avoidant personality will only put themselves in those situations with the people that they know are going to accept them and approve them without ridicule or judgment. They'll put themselves in those situations because they know the egg is going to be is going to be safe. But if they put the, if they put themselves in another situation and they say something and they perceive that they're being or do something and it's they perceive that it's met with disapproval or disdain, you start to hear the psych little crack and they will immediately retreat and backtrack uh with the assumption we all know what assume means assuming that what the other person did is right and that's a fundamental mistake that we all make independent of whether it's personality disorders or not we always assume that other people are right especially if you consider the law of proximity the people in close proximity to us the people who are closest to us our spouses, our kids, uh, our parents, our siblings, uh, the people that are, you know, our best friends, the people that are closest to us, their opinions tend to matter the most. Um, and if they say something negative or even something positive, we take that, you know, much more, we feel that much more deeply versus, you know, Joe Schmo on the street who, you know, gives you the finger while they're driving the car. You're mad in a second unless you have road rage, but you're not going to give much thought to it because that's really not going to impact your self-esteem. Um, and if you're thinking about that like six weeks later about that guy, then, you know, you need to talk to somebody because that, that's, that's not normal. All right. Um, these individuals tend to be quiet, in, inhibited, and invisible because of the fear that the, the, any attention would be degrading or rejecting. They expect that no matter what they say, everything will be seen as wrong, so they say nothing at all. They react so strongly uh, to subtle cues that are suggestive of mockery or derision. They're hypersensitive. The, 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 they can relax in, in situations. They cannot relax and be themselves around people that they perceive are being the judge of the jury of, of their self-worth. Uh, whether they're out at a party, whether they're, you know, they're not raising their hand in class, in, in, in school, offering the answer. Uh, and they don't like to be, they don't want to be called on in class. And like, please don't call me, please don't call me, please don't call me. Uh, they don't want to be asked to give the presentation uh, to their team 
with a PowerPoint presentation because, okay, what if it's wrong? Um, what if I get to ask a question that I don't know the answer? So, again, avoidance, avoidance, avoidance. And, and if you look back and just like Darwinian evolution, this is part of the survival mechanism. But in, in relationships, as we've evolved into social creatures, this can become an adaptive liability that can really keep somebody at a very, at a plateau, at a very stagnant level, which could lead to resentment, which could lead to depression, which could lead to anxiety. Um, what else do I write here? Um, doubts concerning social competence and personal appeal may become especially manifest in settings involving interpersonal interactions with strangers. Um, these individuals believe themselves to be socially inept persons. They're under, uh, they're unappealing and fear to others. They're reluctant to take personal risks. Uh, they are prone to exaggerate the potential dangers of ordinary situations and a restricted lifestyle re result their need for certainty and security. I'm sorry, the world is not a certain and secure place. There are no guarantees. Uh, there are no guarantees at all. Um, and I've watched people with this disorder really struggle and suffer. And, and, and the personality disorders in general, like I said, they come out in, in relationships. And somebody who avoids to this degree that meets the diagnostic criteria, um, you have to meet four out of the seven of this one to meet the diagnostic criteria. So it, it, it's really, uh, marked by, you know, different than, 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 than it's, it, it, it's not too different than dependency, but the avoidance is so pervasive um, that it's almost a coping mechanism. As ironic as it may seem, it, the, it, it, it's a pathological coping mechanism because there is a desire to want to be involved in social situations. There is a desire to want to be uh, engaged with other individuals, different than like schizoid personality disorder or schizotypal personality disorder, completely different category of personality disorders where there is a marked indifference about, about wanting to be around people there is a desire here and, and to want to be validated and what i found in, in in working with these individuals you really have to work on helping them build up their self-esteem helping them build up their voice similar to working with borderline in in, in many ways um but they're not as they're not volatile like like the borderline. They don't have the emotional uh, lability and and the volatility. The individuals with with avoidant tend to go inward. They tend, I mean it doesn't mean they won't get into arguing with somebody, um, but they're constantly looking for approval and validation. And if someone slights their role as 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 a, as a parent, as a, as a caregiver, as a professional, as just a human being, they 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 will argue back. But, you know, even if they get the answer they're looking for, what, I, what I, I have found is it takes a while for them to finally believe it. You know, there's a difference between saying, yeah, I know I'm attractive, to actually saying, you know what, I know I'm attractive and I believe it. I know I'm smart and I believe it. So, you know, you could say one, you know, so sometimes there's a lot of lip service. Um, the Rorschach is a really great test of picking up a lot of the different personality disorders, um, even the thematic apperception test, uh, because you really get to the infrastructure of, of the individual psyche. Um, is this a medication issue? Not necessarily. I think it becomes a medication issue when the person becomes depressed, when the person becomes anxious, 
business when the person's life is being negatively impacted and they're starting to feel these emotional and affective symptoms that are negatively impacting them. But it, 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 it's not an uncommon um, diagnosis. Uh, it does manifest in it, it, it. Think about yourselves. Think about people in your lives. Uh, there are people that just, it, it's just really living life similar to the borderline. But again, not I'm not drawing a parallel between the two of living that tightrope. All about validation. So what you're seeing in a lot, hopefully you're seeing a theme with several of the personality disorders is need for validation need for acceptance and I, I know i've talked about this thing like need versus wants in these situations for these individuals it's really they put this on the pedestal of need i need to feel loved i need to feel safe i need to feel accepted and there's when you when you put need there's very little margin for error if something is not met because needing is is very different than wanting, and I've talked about using vocabulary in psychotherapy. That yeah, I I don't need to go to the store. I want to go to the store. I don't need to buy a new pair of shoes, but I want to buy a new pair of shoes. When you're getting into this, these pathologies of dependent personality, of borderline, of histrionic, of, <coughs> of avoidant, uh, even sometimes. Uh, um, uh, obsessive compulsive personality disorder that you know needing needing that approval needing that orderliness needing that perfection needing 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 that is very very powerful and with that l very small margin for error could lead to the manifestation and exacerbation of so much other symptomatology that's when you're going to see when i'm seeing somebody like julie that's when you may even go inpatient or you may do a partial hospital program uh, just because the anxiety and the depression and the emotional dysregulation becomes so overwhelming that it's just in, uh, unbearable to, uh, to tolerate. So I just wanted to shed light on this personality disorder. Um, I haven't covered this one yet, but it's it's one that is is prevalent. Uh, I don't know why over the last like several weeks I, this has come up, but I've diagnosed it uh, several times, and um, it's I, again. I think it, it, it's it's worth mentioning because it, it it is relevant. But again, it's something that is treatable. It is curable. It takes work. It's you know I use that term like being in the space and standing in the space and being uncomfortable. And you can overcome that um, you know through cognitive behavioral therapy. So thank you for bearing with me with my raspy voice um, and intermittent coughing. Um, <clears throat> I hope that. Uh, you guys find continue to find our program entertaining and enjoyable. I don't think Julie's feeling up to saying anything because she's uh, she caught it for me. So, um, but being a workaholic that I am, I committed to doing the podcast and working. And um, there you hear the water in the background as we're gonna make dinner. So uh, until next time, uh, feel free to reach out to me through Psychology Unplugged at Outlook.com. Uh, get a hold of me through Psychology Today. Uh, as opposed to direct messaging me on Instagram, it's easier to just call me or text me. But you can follow us on Instagram at uh, psychology underscore unplugged underscore and contact me directly uh, 617-750-9411 East Coast Standard Time in the United States. Until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, be well, and we will talk to you guys. Thanks. Bye, guys.